This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, all our Torah Anytime viewers. Um, tonight's topic is, uh, I feel, is a really, really important, uh, important topic. Not that much spoken about, surprisingly, in the, in the Jewish world. It's a topic about, at least from what I see, um, it is speak, uh, spoken about, but not, not, I think, as much attention as it should get. It's a topic of self-esteem. Now, one of the reasons why self-esteem is so important is in order to serve Hashem, in order to do Avodah Hashem, in order to serve God in the proper way, a person has to serve God with happiness, right? You have to always be B'Simcha. Now, you, a person cannot be B'Simcha if he is, you know, always with a low self-esteem, which I think it goes pretty much hand-in-hand with actual happiness. When you have a low self-esteem, you don't feel actually that you are, you're able to, you're accomplishing a lot. And again, it's going to affect your, your, not only your day-to-day lives in effect of your, um, in, in your, in your secular world, but in work or, or in a relationship environment, but at the same time, it's going to affect your service to God. Now, the, there is a big, there's a big difference in regards to, uh, to self-esteem and pride. In regards to self, you know, there are many people that think that if, okay, high self-esteem means that I have pride. Huh. And people even tell me, Jewish pride, what's wrong with Jewish pride? Jewish pride is good. But in essence, it's a, it's a, it's a very, um, it, you know, self-esteem and pride are two separate, uh, you know, ideas. One is negative and one is positive. A Jew must have high self-esteem and a Jew must not have pride. So now let us understand, in order to first begin, you have to understand the difference between self-esteem and pride. So I'm going to try to give you five differences between self-esteem and pride. In order to understand the difference, as, as the lines do get blurred at times. So, um, the, the, so that, anyways, so, number one, self-esteem is the belief in one's own abilities. You have confidence that you're able to do something. You're, you're in school, you have confidence that you can pass the test. You have confidence that you can play ball, you have confidence that you can make this deal. Whatever the situation is, you have confidence in your own ability. That is eternal. However, it, with the difference with pride, pride is where you project it in, in an external fashion, which means is is that you go and you t- and you put yourself over somebody else, and that results in sort of uh, arrogance. Which means is 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 that um, you're feeling that you're more important than other people, as opposed to just just having a high self esteem means that you're important. Thank you very very much. Uh, a point of, of of high self esteem. You read my mind, by the way. Thank you. So. The, um, the, again, self-esteem, a high self-esteem, the, the first difference is, is that you are internally, you feel very, very good, you feel that you have, you have the confidence. The pride is not so much internal, but it's an external, is that you feel you're better than other people, as opposed to just feeling that yourself. That's the difference. Number two, that's one. Number two is arrogant people. People with pride look down at other people. They don't look at them as, as, they look that they're the best people and everybody else is garbage. And number, uh, and, and on the other side, on self, a high self-esteem, People would have a high self-esteem. They respect other people. They don't look. They don't look. Uh, um, they don't look. You know, down at other people. Rather, they they respect them. Number three, it is very difficult to bring someone who has a high self-esteem down. Someone who has a high self-esteem down, even if you go and even if you try to push that person down in a, in an emotional sense, they're very strong and they're not able to. As opposed to people that are are pride, have arrogance, they are very easily they're very easily pushed down. Number four is relationships. People that have Pride, and you get into a relationship with someone who has pride. It is so difficult. So it is. It is a. It's a recipe for disaster. So now, it's obviously something that you would want to uh, be able to to ace your relationship. And one thing that you have to do if you want to have a good relationship is take that pride and chuck it out the window and never look at it again. Now, the, on the other side, someone with high self-esteem, they're, they're able to, the, their confidence, they're very, they're very strong, and the relationships are, again are based on strong foundation. The idea behind this is also is that people with pride, they cannot accept that they have anything wrong, that they're doing anything wrong. As opposed to people with, uh, with low, with, I'm sorry, with high self-esteem, even though they know that they're doing things wrong, at the same time, they are able to deal with it and they know it and it doesn't bring them down when you bring it up. Rob, I have a question. If I don't have a keyboard on the screen, doesn't have a keyboard, do I have to put on the keyboard or put on the hands? Your hood is okay. Okay. Yeah, but uh, oh. no, the hood is fine. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay. Number five, the difference is eye contact. If you go to speak with somebody who has, um, who has pride, if you're speaking in a social gathering and you look at them, 
they are always looking at everywhere else in the room but you. Why? Because they're looking to see who is more important, who's better than you that I could speak to. Or someone, someone who on my level, for example. As opposed to somebody who has high self-esteem. When they're talking to you, they're talking just to you and they're not focused on anybody else. You're the most important person in the entire room at that point in time. Now, a person has to think of a high self-esteem as like an immune system. When you have a strong immune system, you you're even if someone gets sick, they bounce back very fast. And, but at the same time, it is very difficult to get that type of person uh, very sick because the immune system is so strong. And uh, think of think of uh, think of high self-esteem as as uh, as this. Someone who has uh, um, someone who has a high self-esteem, even it's very hard to bring that person down. But even if the person goes down, it is it is very the person comes up very very quickly. How's everything? A person comes back very very quickly and they uh, they recuperate very very fast. So a high self-esteem is like having a good emotional immune system. Okay. Now the. You know, this is even brought down by, by Dr. Abraham Maslow. He says that uh, the self-esteem, he had a hierarchy of needs, whoever uh, did psychology. And in the, hi- in, the, in, the, in the hierarchy of needs, he says like this. He says that there is food on the bottom. That's the most important. Then you have shelter. Then you have interpersonal relationship. And on top of that, you have self-esteem. So self-esteem made it to the top five in the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So it's obviously very important, not that we need to bring proof from anywhere that's, uh, that's a secular source, but it just uh, strengthens our uh, understanding on it. So now, um, just, just uh, I really should have said this in the beginning. Uh, most of this, uh, the information that I'm presenting today, and probably is going to be over the next, uh, you know, two classes or so, or one class, is is uh, comes from a variety of sources. But I took a lot of information from Rabbi Noah Weinberg, the founder of Isha Torah, and Dr. Lieberman, and Dr. and Rabbi Avraham Tversky. So in that case, I didn't. Uh, I'm not going to quote every single time I do that because I, I, I'm quoting them quite quite uh, frequently throughout this uh, this topic. So I'm just announcing it now. Know that in the topic of self-esteem, in this one I speak about, it, I quote uh, them very heavily. Now, this particular thing that I'm going to speak about is happens to be from Dr. Lieberman. He says like this. He says that there's a soul, there's a body, and then there's an ego. And this is very important, and it, it just, you could simplify it so simple, and it makes so much so perfect sense. A soul wants to do what's good. A body wants to do what feels good. An ego wants to do what looks good. Now he explains and says what the problem is, is as when people go and they feed the soul, they feed the body and the ego, then you think, okay, I'm feeding it, I'm doing it, you're going to do what looks good, you're going to do what feels good. But then after a certain while, you get an empty feeling inside. And this empty feeling is sort of vacant space. And how do you people fill up that, that empty space? With, again, things that they like to do, or they say they like to do. But on the other, on the other hand, it could come to bad things. It could come to drugs, sex, alcohol, who knows what other, other issues that, that can result in it. And he explains like, like, uh, um, he explains like this. He says that, you know, um, yeah, this is actually Rabbi Tversky explains this. He says, uh, if you go and you ask somebody, what do you do to relax? What is it that you do to relax? So, some will say, I play golf. Others will say, you know, I sit down to read a book. Then some will say, maybe I'll take a walk. I'll go to the gym. And you, they keep on naming you activities. And then, you know, if you repeat them, says, no, no, what do you do to relax? Re- people don't understand relaxation is an absence of effort. Not that you're doing, when they're, when, the, what you're telling me that you're doing is not in fact relaxation, but it's in fact something called diversion. Diversion means, means I'm diverting, I have issues right now, and I'm diverting it. How do I divert, divert it? By doing something that I enjoy. But in, but it's an, it's an actual physical action that I'm doing, and it's not that I'm just relaxing. Granted, it will bring you to relaxation in a sort of roundabout way because you'll be relaxed afterwards. But that's not something that you that, that you are relaxing with. It's something that will result in relaxation at the same point. And this is the problem. It says with this this idea with diversion. Diversion is is could be positive. You know, so you go out, you have a you know, you go for a walk. You know, you read a book, you read a cephal. You know, it, so there could be good things. But then there's bad diversion. Bad diversions could be you know, alcohol, drugs. Um, and it could be even binge eating. You know, binge eating uh, disorder is is where people can't stop eating, right? And I, I have to stop. I have to give a you know. The, people think when people like food, they think that they have the disorder. You know, I've ever read it. If you go on 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 uh, online, you go to like WebMD or some other you know these you know medical you know dictionary types of uh, websites, and you start searching signs and symptoms of anything, and everything that you read, you're like, I have this disease for sure. I have this disease. I'm pregnant. So how can you be pregnant? You're a man. So it doesn't matter. I have all the signs. I have the cramps. I have this. I have this. You know, people think and they think everything that they have. So I want to just, I'm going to speak a little bit about binge eating disorder for like, you know, maybe 30 seconds. But don't think that automatically because I have the symptoms that you, I say over here, you automatically have it. Now, what happens with, with binge eating? Binge eating is where a person cannot control the amount of food that they eat, which means is they're full. They finish, the, the, you know, in a normal situation, they should get up and just walk away from the food, walk away from the table, put the fork down. But they can't. 
and they keep on eating even after they're full. They, they sort of force themselves. And it's not like, um, it's like a numb feeling. It's not like they're getting their enjoyment out of it. They're feeling numb as, as they're eating. And they never feel satisfied. They always feel guilty and depressed after they're eating. So, well, and, and, and besides the fact is that even some people will eat normally in a social gathering, but when they go home, they'll have a whole pie, you know, and, and then they'll have some fries with that. And they'll just binge eat like the entire, you know, but in front of everybody, oh no, just one slice, I'm full already, oh I can't, you know, but then they come home, and these type of people also, they'll have snacks hidden everywhere in the house. You know, where they, you know, they have like, but not like one snack, they have like 16 chocolate bars under their pillow. So before they go to say, oh, you know, like a, you know, everything goes in. So, what is one of the issues with these? What is one of the causes that result in these things? One of them is low self-esteem. It happens to be that a lot of these issues that result in the psychological issues happens that, you know, could be anything from any disorder to any drug problem to any, uh, you know, any, any type of an abuse have, could be from due to a low self-esteem. So it's a very important not only for our spiritual health, but for our emotional health and, and also for our physical uh, health. Now, there is, uh, there is once, uh, you know, I read this cute little, um, you know, idea, and I feel I find it so true. There was once a woman that uh, she wakes up one morning to see that her husband is still at home. So she says, uh, you know, what are you doing here at home? You should be at work. And he's like, he's like, no, 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 I'm not going to work anymore. She's like, what do you mean you're not going to work anymore? And he, she, and so he answers her. He says, listen, I'm a zombie. So she goes over to him and she says, you're a what? And she says, uh, you know, I'm a zombie. She says, what do you mean you're a zombie? You're not a zombie. You're a, go to work. She says, woman, what did you understand? I'm a zombie. Zombies don't go to work. And he sits at home, puts his feet up on the couch. And she starts screaming. He says, go to where you're... And he starts screaming back at her. Stop screaming at me. I'm a zombie. What do you want from my life? She says, you know what? I'm not dealing with this. She gets her, her mother, uh, mother-in-law on, on, the, on, you know, on the phone. She says, listen, talk to your son. I don't know what. He's, he's going crazy. He thinks he's a zombie. He's not going to work today. Um, I don't know what's going on with him. Puts the mother-in-law on the line. The mother-in-law gets on the phone. And she's like, you know, hello. And the son says, hi, Ma. What's going on? And she says, uh, why aren't you not at work? So he says, because I'm a zombie. So the mother goes to her and says, you know, I didn't give birth to a zombie. And so he goes over to his mother and says, Ma, don't be a fool. He says, I, I became a zombie. I was born normal, now I'm a zombie. And she says, you're not a zombie. You're a regular human being. He's like, stop telling me what I am. I know I'm a zombie. I'm a zombie right now. So the mother tried, tried, tried. Nothing doing. So she hangs up the phone. The, the, the wife is going crazy. The guy's, the, since he's he a zombie, she thinks he goes crazy. She calls up the, the psychiatrist. She calls up the shrink. And he says, listen, I need an appointment ASAP. I don't know what's going on with my husband. So they had a slot in the calendar, in, you know, like an hour, in an hour from now, they rushed him right over to the shrink. He goes over to the shrink, the shrink sits down in front of the, in front of this, uh, the, I'm sorry, the guy goes into the shrink's office, and he, the shrink looks at him and he says, so you're a zombie, right? And he's like, yeah, obviously. And he goes over to the, you know, the shrink goes over to the, to the zombie and he says, uh, do zombies bleed? And he says, what type of idiotic question is that? Of course they don't bleed. They're the living dead. They don't have any blood. So he says, oh, okay. He takes out, he pulls out his draw, takes out a little pin, and he takes his finger, and he pricks this, this guy on his finger, uh, you know, who claims that he's a zombie. And blood starts coming out. And the guy is looking at his hand for about five minutes straight, just like looking at it and watching with an amazement as how blood is dripping out of his hand. And for five minutes, he's dumbstruck. He can't say anything. Finally, after five minutes... He looks up to the doctor. The doctor's thinking, okay, that's it. You know, I've done it. He looks up to the doctor and he says, you know, doc, what can I tell you? I guess zombies do bleed. You know, so you, there are many times, you know, it's a, it's a cute little story, but many, but this is us every day. It's like there are many times that people are hit with the truth. They're hit with the, you know, like, what are you supposed to do? And they still, they see the truth in the face. Doesn't affect them. They make a completely thing. You know, this is so true. And, you know, like so many times that I speak to people who don't believe in God. So, okay, so we sit there and we prove for like two hours. I prove to them God and everything like that. What do they come afterwards? No. It must be, you know, something else. It doesn't matter how many times people just, just don't believe in certain things because they don't want to believe it. And the problem is, is, it's just like the zombie. He didn't want to believe. He wanted to stay a zombie. So whatever the scenario is, he stayed a zombie. No matter what the scenario changed, he didn't change. Now, this is the problem with, when resulting in self-esteem. People who have a low self-esteem, a lot of these people, they're, they're in this, this, uh, I'm talking about the most severe cases. They're just like, it's done. Like, this is who I am. I cannot change. This is it. And this is how it's going to be. And people don't say, no, you can't change. You can't grow out of it. And even if you have normal self-esteem, you could get a better self-esteem. You could have a better feeling about yourself. And, and, and in hence, you'll be able to serve God and serve, you know, and have better relationships and have better everything in your life. But you have to believe in it. If you don't believe in it, then you're going to stay exactly where you are. And you're not going to change. Now, now there's, there's a very interesting that, um, you know, psychologists 
have uh, they, they have something called the self-esteem paradox, which which is very difficult for them to understand. Now, the way the, the the issue with it is is that the higher, the more successful the person is, for some reason they see that the lower the self-esteem is. Now, now people confuse this. They think like low self-esteem is is humility or being you know like low self-esteem is people like oh I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry it's it's very mistaken. There are many people who have low self-esteem and they're the most arrogant people in the entire world. And we're going to soon see they share a lot of the same characteristic. There are many people that they they have the low self-esteem and they're the loudest people. And they're the but they have they're empty inside. They're the the their self-worth is nothing. It's zero. So. The um, the psychologists don't understand. It says if you are very successful, you should feel good about it. You should have a high self esteem. And you know, uh, Rabbi uh, uh, Doctor Avraham Tversky, he says he says it, it's very simple. The Gemara speaks about it. The Gemara in, in Sukkah, page fifty two, says very simple. It says the higher a person is, the stronger the Yetzirah is is against him. Which means is the greater that you are, the stronger the Yetzirah and the greater the Yetzirah is. Which means is, is that the more good that you do, you think that okay, I'm going to be such a righteous man that I'm going to destroy this Satan. Satan doesn't work like that. If you're over here, the Satan is over here. If you're over here, the Satan is going to match you up to, to that level. You can never beat it until the day that you die. That's what I said. You, a person cannot trust himself until the day that he dies. No matter how righteous you are, you're never free from like, for sure, from any sin until the day that you die. Then you know you didn't complete anything. So the idea is very simple over here. So you want to know why people that are so successful have a, have a low self-esteem, or at least some of them, is very simple. Because the greater and more successful they are, the stronger the satan is working against them. So this is something that no one can run away from, but rather the, it's, a, it's a constant work, it's a constant struggle. Now I want to uh, discuss uh, a few things of the benefits of self-esteem and the problems that, uh, that cause for the lack of it. Number one, as the Gemara in Sanhedrin speaks about this, it says, when a person realizes their greatness, they realizes their worth, they realizes their self-worth, they are not going to do certain things. They are going to feel like it's below their dignity to, to do that. And a person should always know that you are son of a king. You're a ben melech, you're a bat melech, you're a girl. You are the son or a daughter of a king. God is, is our father in heaven. You are a prince. And if you're a prince already, you should, you should feel like, uh, you know, a prince doesn't do certain things. So when you have a high self-esteem, when you have a high feeling about this, you are not going to do certain th- certain sins because of this feeling that you have. Now, it works on the flip side also. Explains the Rambam on, in Pirkei Avot. He says, if, if you consider yourself inferior, if you consider yourself nothing, then you will do almost anything because why not? Or like, what's the difference? It doesn't bother me. I'll give you an example. Like, the president, at least a king, you know, would not curse in public, would not go and, and use foul language in public. Why? Oh, come on, he's a president. You know, he runs a country. He runs a, you know, the president of the United States is the most successful, you know, most powerful, one of the most powerful people in the entire world cannot run his mouth like a little, you know, junkyard dog. So, people, though, who don't hold highly of themselves, they don't care. Every other word is F this and F that, and they, everything is just, is just foul language. The more high that you, high, higher that you feel yourself, the less you're going to do. The lower that you feel that you are, the more that you will do in regards to the sins. And then the same idea is, you know, like, a, you know, somebody who learns Torah is not going to go after learning Shua Torah and be like, okay, Let's watch a dirty movie, or let's watch something. Uh, let's watch something. Uh, you know, whatever. No, not that's not. Be like, no, I can't. I just learned to walk. So it will it will protect you in a certain way, and it will prevent you from doing certain sins. Now, the 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 Chazon Ish explains also. He says that one who wants to elevate his self worth, he wants to raise his self esteem. He has to realize, and he has to go. He has a lot of ancestors to rely on. You know, a, we all come from so such great people. Just the fact that you're sitting in this room today, just the fact that you're listening to this class online, or you're or you're watching it. It means that you have a strong connection to the Torah. There are so many Jews that have no affiliation to the Torah. So what made us so lucky? What made us so lucky? Besides the fact that obviously God put us in this situation, but the fact is that we have we have we have great ancestors that probably did so much stuff that that's why you're here today. And in fact, that's why they say that for for example, Sephardim, it's it's very easy to make them religious more than for example Ashkenazim. One of the reasons is because Sephardim have not been religious for maybe one, two, three generations. So their 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 you know their righteous grandparents or great grandparents are still they still have a lot of good deeds like that like you know that's giving them a lot of merit as opposed to let's say some people that come from certain parts of Europe they haven't been they haven't been religious for like ten generations it's like it's a lost case already it's very hard to get that up you don't have the schudavot so by realizing that we come from a lot of a, a high a high lineage a high thing you already you already have something like okay I have something to look up to. And this is the same idea if you put it in this world. The, this, you know, the son of, of the president or the son of the king is not going to behave, even though he's not the powerful one, but just because he comes from someone so powerful, he comes from someone so successful, it makes him a different, it makes him, it, it holds him in a higher esteem. It holds him in a higher, in, on a higher plane. And says the Chazonish, you want to, you want to, you rely on that. Rely. We all come from Avraham Avinu. Avraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, you know, you have Sarah, Rechel, Rachel, you have, you have giants. 
you have giants. You start looking at that. You start reading about the about them in the Torah. You realize, look what look what we we could accomplish. So that in itself would also raise your self esteem. Now, the idea is also is that when people, you know, there's something called a self fulfillment prophecy. Somebody's going to the gym. And he's like, you know, he wants to lift heavy weight. He wants to go really heavy one day. And he's going over there, he's sitting there, and he's like, there's no way. He's like, I can't, I can't lift this weight. I, I physically can't do it. And you know what? That guy better not even start. It's done. Don't even bother with it. It's not going to work. However, somebody who goes in there, and you see these people, you see these people in the gym, if you ever go there, they psych themselves up. Like, I got this, you know? <laughs> they make it, they deeper their voice, they make it themselves macho, they start hitting themselves like gorillas, and they go, you know, like, I got this, I got this, lightweight, you hear them screaming, lightweight, lightweight, easy weight, easy weight, easy weight, easy weight, and then they, they psych themselves up and they make them do it. What, what, what's the whole idea of the whole psyching beforehand? And the, and the answer is, that, well, yeah, the answer is, is that it brings you, it brings you up to the higher self-esteem. It brings you up that I can do this. I got it. And when, once you think that you got this, then you have a very big chance of being able to do it. If you go and saying, I can't do it, self-fulfilling prophecy. You know what? You probably won't be able to do it. You go into business thinking, there's no way I'm going to be successful in this business. Why even here? Just go home. You know, go work for somebody. Don't open a business. But if you're going to business saying, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to accomplish. I'm going to be able to do this. Then you know what? You will be able to accomplish. You will be able to be successful. That is a very, very strong uh, idea behind it that people should always think. And this is very strong in, in the religious aspect. People that are not religious, you know, they think, I can't do it. I can't. Come on. You want me to wake up for Shacharit and then go for Mincha and then Alavit and then Kosher and then Shabbat and then this and we have all these different things. There's no way I can do that. Those type of people, the very hard, they're not going to be successful. They're not going to be successful in the spiritual. They'll only go little baby steps at a time. Which for some people, that's all they can do. But if you want to be successful, you're like, no, I got this. I could be the biggest tzaddik. I could do everything. It's not a problem. Once you do that, you already have hope. You already have the ability to go and accomplish a lot. Now, it says in Pirkei Avot, it says, Chaviv Adam It says, great Beloved, for a second, beloved, beloved is, is, is man, since he was created in the image of God. You are literally created, in, in fact, it says in Bereshit, chapter 9, verse 6, it says, Ki marokim asa et adam. God made you in his image. It says, how does somebody suffer from, you know, this inferiority, you know, complex, uh, the low self-esteem, when they realize you are made in the image of God? That's like a really something that you're like, alright, you know, that I'm worth something. I'm not just an animal, I'm not just, a, you know, I am worth something, I am made in the image of God. And in fact, Rav Shneir Zalman of Ladai, Lubavitcher Rebbe explains, and he says that, it, you know, the same idea, the flip side that we're saying, that if somebody has a low self-esteem, they'll feel bad, they'll feel sad, they'll feel depressed. So how can you serve God with your depressed? Depression is not allowed. You're not allowed to be depressed. And it's a very, it, it, you have to, someone has to always be with Simcha, it's a very difficult thing, if you, again, like we said before, if you're, you have a low self-esteem. But depression is also for us. Yeah. It can be. One of the main reasons for a lot of issues is low self-esteem. Which is surprising because, you know, uh, there's a lot of, I thought there would be a lot more information on this. It, there is. I mean, there's plenty of information on this. I'm talking about the current speakers and the current people. But for some reason, it's not, it's, be, it's spoken about, but I feel like, like people miss the boat. And I think nowadays people suffer for low self-esteem like crazy. Women, a hundred percent more. Like with, because they look at everything compared to what we'll speak about. They compare themselves to everybody else that they look at. So, um, and, 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 you know, it's also not surprising that the depression rates are very high. And maybe this is a very strong cause of, of these issues. I can't say that it's all of it, but, but I definitely think that it's a very, very high percentage and high, uh, you know, issue that, uh, we need to deal with. And, and, you know, even if a person doesn't suffer depression, even if a person doesn't suffer low self-esteem, it's still always good to boost yourself up. Be able to accomplish, you'll be able to accomplish so much more. You'll have also more energy. But yeah, exactly. You don't want to, yeah. But obviously, it's always... Take a step back. You said that uh, rich people, their self-esteem is low. Successful people. I didn't say so. It doesn't have successful. It doesn't have to be rich. It could be successful in anything. Um, yeah. That's what the, that's what psychologists don't understand. That's that's a paradox that psychologists do not understand. It says it makes no sense. They should be the opposite. But according to the Torah, it makes perfect sense because the greater that you are, the stronger the Satan. The stronger the Yitzhak The Gemara Sukkah. Okay. So now there is a very important halakha. And that is via You have to love your fellow Jew like yourself. Now, it's also, you know, we, uh, yeah, I think Rabbi Kiva, if I'm not mistaken, says, It's a great, great rule in the Torah. You have to love your friend like yourself. Now, if somebody doesn't love himself, how could he love his friend? So if somebody's suffering from a low self-esteem, doesn't even like himself, thinks that he's worth nothing, how could you go and love, love, love somebody else when you don't love yourself? You're going to love him like you love you. You don't even love you. Why are you going to love somebody else? The idea is also in this Gemara Shabbat, page 31a, that says like this. That says, 
that uh, there was a there was a there was a gentile that ran over to Shammai, Beit Shammai, uh, and he ran up to Shammai and says, "Listen, I want you to convert me, but on one condition, teach me the whole Torah standing on one foot." Which means, is he wants to teach me something quick? So Beit Shammai, you know, chased him out. He says, "Get out! Well, come on." He goes over to Beit. It goes over to Hillel and he says, "Hillel, teach me Torah standing on one foot." So Hillel said, "Fine." He said, and he says like this: "He says, what is hateful to you, do not do to your neighbor. The rest is commentary. Go learn everything else." Wow. So how is that? What that's the whole Torah, and in fact. It, 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 it is. Look at the essence. Because in man-to-man relationship, in personal relationship, if you don't want something to do, be done to you, a person wants to be treated right, a person wants to be, you know, not be spoken about behind their back, no one wants Lashon to be to, uh, spoken about them, no one wants, uh, you know, somebody to steal from them. There are so many things that people want, but how are you going to able to do that if, if you know... How are you going to, if, if you, I'm sorry, if you feel that what? That you don't want it to happen to you. So the same answer, you're not going to do it to somebody else. So all the Ben Adam Lechavero already is, is, is taken care of. Now what about Ben Adam Lamakom? Between you and God. Explains Rashi. And he says, if you don't transgress the word, if, if you don't want anybody to transgress your words. You say something, you want people to follow through with it or whatever it is. You, that's what everybody wants. Says just like you don't want anybody to transgress your words, so too you don't transgress God's words. Because then you flip it out on the same side. So in essence, according to Elalo here, it's very simple. Yeah. Just do whatever you want to other people. Whatever you want done to you, that's how you should act to other people. Now, but this is again the big problem if you have low self-esteem. If you have a low self-esteem, now this I think is a little bit less of a problem as we have to but the same idea. So if you have low self-esteem, you don't think you want to accomplish a lot. You don't think you want to, you don't expect a lot. You don't want to, whatever, it's fine, everything, uh, whatever. Not to mix it with humility, which is good, but the idea is, is that you're not going to be able to, you know, whatever. You'll say, okay, I don't care if somebody, if somebody speaks behind my back, Lashon be like, no, what do you mean? He says, you should care. He says, how do you, but how do you do that? You have to have, you have to build up the high, the high self-esteem for it. Now, people that, um, you know, I want to speak about also that, that people think that humility, that if somebody has a, a low self-esteem, that means that they're humble. If they have a high self-esteem, that means that they're arrogant, they're pride. And the answer is, no, it's not. It's not, and it's far wide apart. And in fact, the, somebody who has a high self-esteem is more likely to be humble than somebody who has a low self-esteem, which is more likely to be pride and arrogant. Now, uh, we spoke about uh, last week or whatever, last time we were, we, we spoke about pride. We spoke about arrogance. Now, the whole thing with pride and arrogance, the idea is, is that, you know, there, there are many negative traits on it. Now, it's very, very similar to the negative traits that somebody who has low self-esteem also has with pride. And let's go through a few of them. Number one, somebody with a low self-esteem has a very sensitive to criticism. You can't start telling them you're doing something wrong. They'll flip out. They're like, oh, come on, what are you telling me these things? They, they'll go, all of a sudden, you tell them something wrong, there's a, you know, shield that plops up. And they're, they're, they negate everything that you say. And it's very hard for them to actually go and to, to, to have a conversation. Now, this is very difficult in a, in a relationship, in marriage. You know, if a husband or a wife goes over to their, to their spouse and they say, listen, um, I really think that you could do better, uh, you know, in, in this area. It's really, so oh, what are you talking about? You're crazy? He's like, oh, you don't respect me. You don't, da, 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 and they just blow up and they, there's no communication already over there. Why? Because they're very sensitive to criticism. They can't handle it. Why can't they handle it? Because they have such a low self-esteem that it, 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 it just doesn't work. It just, as opposed to somebody who has a high self-esteem, they criticize, you rebuke them. They'll be like, listen, I know I have faults. I know I got to work on it. All right, let's do this. And, and they're, they're able to push through. Now, number two, low self-esteem people have a very hypercritical attitude, which means is they find criticism in everybody else. They're always criticizing other people. Now, why, why are they criticizing other people? Because they have low self-esteem. So when they're putting other people down, per se, or they criticize, they, they feel a little bit better about themselves. So it's a very, and this is such a dangerous thing in a marriage, to put and constantly criticize and constantly change and constantly, 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 and eventually ends up pushing people away. Number three, they have a tendency towards blaming others, which means if something bad happens, come on, backseat driver, well, you, you know, you were too loud, that's why I hit this guy. But what does that have to do with me? You weren't looking, you were texting while you were driving, whatever it is. They blame other people because they can't, they can't handle the blame in the situation themselves. Why? Again, because of the fact that they have this low self-esteem and they can't, you know, they have to push it on another way because they can't put themselves anymore down. Number four, they have, uh, you know, and they can, it could go the other way, they have a tendency to be shy shy and seclusive in this because they, they don't have but again it could be also the, the flip side you could be very loud and have very low self-esteem which we spoke about before and number five is that they always need compliments and again if you if you listen to the class that we gave last week uh, or last time on tour anytime is on the on the on pride you'll realize that most of these things are exactly the same thing for pride so we see how we have low self-esteem and pride have the same some very very similar uh, character traits now, what's the whole idea with, with needing compliments? Think about it like this. We spoke about that somebody who has a high self-esteem has a high, um, uh, somebody has, a, they're like a, like a high emotional immune system. Now, when somebody has a, a low self-esteem, think of it as a, as a cup 
that's broken and has holes in it. Now, when you're filling up this cup with water and liquid, whatever, this, whatever, the, whatever you're filling up with, it's going to spill out from the holes. If you constantly put, fill it up, then it would look full because everything is falling out, but this will look full. He says, when, when somebody is, uh, well actually it states that when somebody is, is, has a low self-esteem, their, their vessels are broken. They're, they're not, they're not complete. And what, why they need constant compliments, because the compliments go in and they seep right out. They last for a little bit, a short while, a day or two, and then they seep right out. So they constantly need more and more compliments, like a broken cup that needs to be filled up. As opposed to somebody who has a high self-esteem, if somebody has a high self-esteem, then they feel, you know, they're able to withhold them. One compliment takes them, takes them a, you know, takes them a long time. They feel that they have the ability to, 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 to follow through. Yeah. I disagree with that order. Oh, really? This is a psychologist, not me. Right, because uh, if uh, I don't want my work to get in my family, like in the family, within the family, I don't want my children and my wife take things that I do for granted, and therefore they take it as like um, uh, something that it's my duty, like I, I, I signed Kituba and I'm going to do things like that. Like, I know. Kituba says I have to buy my, my wife a diamond ring. I don't, I'm okay with it. I'm not arguing with that. But domestic stuff, I want everybody to get involved. But if, if the children get this for granted and they don't appreciate what I do, then... That's chinuch. That's something else. Chinuch, a person has to... The question is... Compliments. No, the question is, is, is does a person feel they need the compliments for themselves or they want the compliments for their children so the children learn to respect and appreciate what they have. To learn to treat your children and teach them that they have to compliment and they have to say thank you and they have, that's a must. That's a part of the chinuch. But, the, but what I'm saying is the person, and not forget about that part, I'm talking about the person feels that he requires it, he needs it. And if he doesn't get it constantly, he's down. If he doesn't get it, the idea is, is that you're right, then, that they should do it, because they need to learn. They need to, this is part of, the, of a parent's obligation, that they have to teach it to their children, and if, it, and that's perfectly fine. But on the flip side, when the parents is like, is like, you didn't, you didn't say thank you for like the 16 things, I had to do 16 things for you today, and you didn't say one thing thank you. So how do you think that makes me feel? You know, if they're saying it for the chinuch aspect, then fine. But if they're saying it because of themselves, then, then why do they need that? Why do they feel that they need that as a child? And I'll give you the example. A baby doesn't say thank you to you anything, but you still love it unconditionally. You still keep on doing it. Even though you give him a bottle, he's not going to say thank you. He doesn't want to talk. But you keep on giving it because that's what you need to do. And, and you know, he smiles. And that's, that's, you know, that's it. Your day is made. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yes. And the obligation, it, there's a difference between, like, for example, rights and obligation. You have, uh, you have a right... For, and I'll give you an example of this. I have a right for, uh, you know, to, to have my property. You have an obligation not to infringe on my right. Which means as you, I, this is my property, it's my right. You cannot go onto my property because that is, that is my right and your obligation. Where is your focus in life? If your focus is on my rights, you know, you're only talking about yourself. This is mine, this is mine. But if your focus is on your obligation, so I'm not allowed to bother that guy, I'm not allowed to hurt this guy, I'm not allowed to insult this guy, it's a whole different life. So, the kids, uh, kids for, for education, you need to. For the wife, like for the community, I'm not saying about anything traditional, but it's not my custom. Like in a lot of like Sephardi families, it's not custom for a man to wash the dishes. Like you know, certain things in domestic, I'm not going to go into details. Certain things that we're not supposed, we're not custom to do, but we try to do it now in the sake of the, the wife. Like you know, Shalom wife. And then if wife doesn't say thank you, she thinks that it's okay. You know, like. It's a little like a very fine border between. It's still, it, it's still, but it should be. Um, I hear what you're saying, but it still should be that. Uh, and again, everybody feel wants the appreciation when they do something. People want it. People want it, and and it's and it's. Man, <laughs> even more so, woman. Even more so, woman. Women, women constantly need compliments, constantly thanking them, constantly, every day you look amazing, you look beautiful, even if she looks like a horse, right? Yeah, she cooks good. She cooks amazing, even if you're eating charcoal. Right, right, and uh, everything is amazing. I ha- they, 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 doesn't give us compliments. It's an important. I think it's very important, and they need to also. But uh, the idea is, is that listen, if somebody is compliment deprived, the, the wife never said thank you once in the past six months, you know, for anything that you did, and you're slaving like a dog, then yes, and there's an issue over there that needs to be resolved. Like why isn't she, you know, the, the, it isn't a requirement that she also says, you know, it's It's just common decency. You know, you know, somebody goes and picks, you know, you drop stuff in the supermarket, and someone picks it up for you. That's all they did. You'll say thank you, 100%. You'll say thank you very much. But at home, there's your husband is going and sitting there and he's put the guests to sleep, cleaned the entire house. He cooked because you are out and did all these things. And then nothing. And they didn't say nothing. So again, that is an issue. But the idea is, is that, and, and again, people will feel a little bit, hard, you know, you know, hurt by it. But the idea is, is that the focus should be not in the fact that I need it, 
but rather that I want to give it. And if you feel like you always need it, then it could be a sign, a possible sign that you need to, you know, prove of the, uh, uh, you know, on the self-esteem and prove that, you know, regardless, you're going to do it anyway. Regardless of whether you get the thank you or not, you're going to do it anyway. If your kids are not going to say thank you, you're still going to put food on the table for them. You're still going to do the certain things, so you have the obligation. And the, the easier, the more that you're able to, to, to like, uh, to, to, Delve that into you, the easier it, things will, will, will start becoming. Because again, it's a, it's a part of, it, of boosting your self-esteem. That you, you know, you don't feel the, the need and necessitate for constant co- compliments. And I think compliments are very important. I think compliments are, are very important on both sides. Both the husband and the wife. They need to compliment, they, they need to compliment each other constantly. Right? And, and not like the fake ones that just like come up, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, there is, um, now the idea with with uh, self esteem also is like this: is is uh, people think what is a healthy self esteem, and people are so mistaken with just the idea. People think what you know what's a high self esteem? When other people look highly towards me, I have a high self esteem, and that is couldn't be the furthest from wrong. It says the person should not be uh, you know somebody who has an unshakable sense of self of, of self is not dependent on other people's, you know, approval, you know, of the, of their own actions or of their own deeds or whatever it is that they're doing. A person's high self-esteem has to come from internally, nothing to do with outside. And, you know, when people go and they start, you know, they meet somebody and they start, uh, you know, saying, oh, like, you know, you know, I've been to Harvard and I graduated this and, you know, now I work in a top law firm and yada, 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 yada. You know, so they think, oh, look at this guy, he probably has a high self-esteem. But it rather, it rather comes off more as arrogance than high self-esteem. And the secret is, is that that our, that high self esteem is actually rooted in humility, like we said before. Humility is the is where the the high self esteem is. When you don't feel like you have to show it off to everybody else, you don't feel like you need to show everybody else how important you are, because you know you know how important you are. You know how much you're worth. You don't have to show it to everybody else. Now it reminds me of once a story. Somebody told me this that uh, you know he once met his classmate's mother, and uh, she you know he walks over there and says hi you know are you Mrs. So and So? He says oh yeah hi. you know I says oh I went to school with your son, and for the next five minutes. She did not stop praising her son. She says, oh, you don't know my son. You know, you know, he went to, you know, into Harvard Law. You know that? Oh, you didn't know that? Oh, yeah, now he's working in a top-tier law firm. Yeah, you know, he finished shots already. He finished all the whole Torah. He finished everything, you know. So, you know, and then, you know, he has two and a half kids. He has, she has two and a half kids. So the guy goes over there and says, uh, what does a half mean? He says, oh, maybe she's not, not 100%. What is it? She's like, no, 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 one in the oven. You know, one's coming out soon. She's constantly, one after another, just... He didn't ask for any information. He didn't even ask about. It. But what did she do? She's throwing, you know, she's throwing up upon this this poor kid, you know, nonstop. What's going on with her with her son's life? Now, granted, it could be nachat, you know, but the same idea. Chose to get arrogance, and then she finishes all everything. So, what's up with you? What are you up to now? Now, compared to that guy who just finished Harvard Law, working in the top tier for finished the shots, you know, has two and a half kids. What can he say? He says, you know, yeah, yeah, I, I work nine to five. Uh, you know, <laughs> how can I compare? Pregnant. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You also had a question? Yes, I have a question. Like, look, what you're saying now is that when we came here, that's where we're at, like, as, as, I was as a child in former Soviet Union. We were so suppressed, we were not supposed to praise ourselves, we're not supposed to say good anything about ourselves until somebody else says that. When I came here, I had a cultural shock because we were taught going to the Mayana and all the other like uh, Jewish organization to let us be more observed by the society. And we're telling, no, when you go to the job, you have to say, you're the good one. But it was non-Jewish education. It was non-Jewish teachers. Now, since you're bringing the Jewish education to our yeah, here people, you're showing us what has to be their parents, right? You know why they teach you that, though? They teach you that to be good employees, not good bosses. They teach you that because you know, because what happens is, you know what they say? It says, don't think you're so great. You wait until all the people tell you that you're great. So you think, okay, you know, I can only accomplish so much. You want to be a good worker? Be a good worker. But they're teaching you not to be an entrepreneur, not to go and open up a business and be a boss. They're teaching you to be a follower. Exactly. Thank you. They're teaching you to be a follower. You know, the part of the Soviet Union, no, you gotta, gotta follow. You gotta follow the country. You know, so, but, but the idea is, and, and, and yeah, they tell you opposite, but now you contradict the opposite what they tell you here. Obi, what do they tell you over here? You say you, she's not supposed to praise and tell how good they are. No, you need to praise other people. The problem is when you need it. Oh, no, you need to. You go to the- interview, you have to say how good you are, why they have to hire you. Uh, that's part of the interview process. Tell me one thing good about yourself. Oh, you know, what's your, one of your negative traits? 
Ah, my one negative trait is I don't have any negative I traits. I work all the time. <laughs> yeah, I work too hard, right. Yeah. I can't stop I working. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the idea is, no, the, the opposite. First of all, you have to think highly of yourself. That's, a, that's an obligation, that's an obligation you for the Torah. You just said that it was too much for her to praise her... To, for, for when you request it and you require it is the problem is when you you have to th- if you think highly of yourself if it's in the society all the time and it's being influenced it's affected in such a degree that we can't bring proofs from the there. yeah we can't bring proofs the society is we have a, we're, we're in a crazy society you know this is a society where everything is okay gay marriage is okay you see two men walking in the street holding hand in hand no one flinches. No, it's okay. It's not a problem. The idea that, that you know, that people, if, uh, you know, as long as they're not married, they could sleep with 3,000 men and women, it's fine. It's not a problem. You know, it's not, it's not what's the difference? No, no one's going to buy. We live in a society that we can't prove anything from the society today. The only thing that we have to prove from is only the Torah. Only the Torah. Whatever the Torah says is what we can go and, and, uh, and, and we can follow through. And the idea is, is that if you have a low self-esteem, the service of Hashem, your Avodat Hashem is, is lacking. You're not going to be able to, first of all, you're not going to be able to do everything, anything b'simcha. And we're going to see, as we go on, I'm going to bring proof and proof, uh, one, one thing after another, where you're not going to be able to do this. And you're not going to be able to do this with low self-esteem and how it will lack with it. So, yeah. No, no, that's the opposite. You're supposed to have a high self-esteem. Pride is a problem. Pride is the problem. When you have it... But when you have a self-esteem, you're proud. No, so the, okay, so you missed that. We started off with the differences. We started off with five differences. There's a very big difference between between high self-esteem and and pride. There's five differences that we gave. I, I gave it in the beginning of the class. Okay, so at the end, after I finish recording, I'll 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 tell to you again outside. But just for now, you know, for for the continuity of the uh, the flow, let's just finish, let's just uh, wrap. Uh, let's go over here. We have a few more minutes. So the idea is like this: the um, the where are we? Oh. That, that a, a person should not base his self-esteem, his, his high self-worth based on other people. You should not base it, rather it should be only internal, right? The, the, the issue with this is, is that if you base your high self-esteem on other people, then your happiness, everything is dependent on them. Which means is, they compliment you today, they make you feel great, your self-esteem is boosted, good, you have a good day. They don't compliment you, they don't boost your self-esteem, you're done. So why should your happiness, your self-esteem be based on somebody else, be dependent on somebody else? If anything, it should be only dependent on one and one person only, that is yourself. Right? Between you and God, you know that you did certain things and you have, you have something to be proud of, you go and you, and you, you know, you, ha- you hold yourself highly in that manner. And again, like we said before, the Torah and the, the Gemara and Sanhedrin says, a person who folds highly himself in a certain, won't do certain low sins. He won't, he won't seek to that. Come on, how could I do, how could I do a certain sin? I just came from Shirat Torah. How could I do it? So, the, um, the, you know, the idea is also, it's like, you know, we base a lot of how we see others. You know, you can see this by a child. You go to a child and you ask a three-year-old, do you know how to draw? What is the child going to tell you? Oh yeah, absolutely. So what do you want me to draw for you? I can draw anything. Uh, draw me a house and a man. And they make a scribble on the piece of paper and they show it to you. And you don't even know which way to hold it. You're like, you know, and you're like, where, where's the house? And they show you like, you know, there's like two hands, uh, you know, coming out over here. There's this. And there's a house over here and there's a son over here. And they think they're an artist. They are the most artistic person. They're like, wow, this is really good. You know, that's why a little kid, they come to you and says, here, you want to put this on the fridge? And they'll come to you with like 20 pages. Here, put this on the fridge, put it on the fridge, right? And each one, you don't even know which way to, to, to set it up. They feel very confident about themselves. You act as an adult, you know how to draw? Not really, no. Unless they're an artist, no, I can't draw. Even though they could draw 10 times better than a little kid. But what's the difference? The little kid, can you draw? Absolutely, whatever you want. An adult, I can't draw a thing, you know? I, I, you know, I barely draw anything. So, so what, what is the difference? The difference is that the child doesn't compare himself to other people. An adult compares himself to the artist. An adult compares himself to the, to the professional painter. So he has nothing. A child compares him to nothing that himself. Yeah, I could draw a hand and a circle and this and that. You know, that's it. I make, I, make, I make shapes, figures, and even forms. So, uh, you know, there is actually a lot that you could learn from, from a child. You ever realize a child, you get upset at a, I'm sorry, an infant child, like a baby, more a toddler, or, you know, a little bit above that. You get upset about the child, the child gets very angry, he throws a tantrum, he goes on the floor, and goes crazy. Two minutes go by, he comes out a little bit, or she comes out a little bit, suddenly you start tickling him, playing with him, throwing him up in the air, playing with him. all of a sudden he's laughing like there was never such a problem. The tears could still be fresh, and they're laughing like there was never a problem. Two minutes go by, they're completely over it. You go to an adult, you accidentally stepped on their toe for a month, they're not looking at you. You know, you apologize to them, you try this, and you know, for a month, you hurt them, you insulted them, that's it, for a month, now what's the difference over here? A child, you could have insulted them so bad, and, and they were good two minutes later. Adult, nothing. And the secret is, he says, and a child would rather be happy than be right. An adult would rather be right than be happy. Yeah, Rebbe, Rebbe, Rebbe said that. Yeah. Rebbe said that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, 
It's an unbelievable line, and I think it's so true. It says, sometimes it's time to forgive and let go. Just let go of the past. Just move on with your life. You know, stop holding on. So many, yeah, so many things that, that, are, that are holding you back. Now, the, in fact, the, the Mikhtab Meliyahu of Dessler explains, and he says that the greater the lack of self-esteem, which means the less self-esteem that you have, the more validation you require from other people. So again, it's all based off, uh, based off other people. Now, the problem with this is, is that also, is that when you base your validation of your self-esteem on other people, you overanalyze every single thing they do. They, you know, you walk into the you know, office one day, and let's say you're, you have very low self-esteem, your boss, you think you're always going to get fired. They look at you the wrong way and be like, what did I do? Oh my gosh. Okay, let me start thinking back over here. You know, okay, what did I do over here? The women, I think, do this uh, like 10 times more than men. Woman is in a relationship with a man, um, you know, and she writes uh, him a text, and he doesn't answer her for like six hours. She's like, what did I do? Is he upset at me? Why is he upset at me? I should be upset at him. Why should I be upset at him? You know, she overanalyzes every single thing that's going on. And somebody who has, a, and not, that's not because they're low self-esteem, they're just wired that way. But a, but a person, let's say on a man, that they have a low, a low self-esteem, they will overanalyze every situation. Then my neighbor didn't say hi to me. Why didn't he say hi to me? Oh, he's probably upset at me. And, and then they, they overanalyze it, and then the end, they got upset. And meanwhile, the neighbor was spacing out. You know, he was looking at you, but whatever, he's thinking about other things. And you overanalyze it, so you take yourself to another whole other level and cause who knows how many issues in interpersonal relationships. So, that is number one. Number, uh, and the next thing is, is that, um, you know, every, everybody who goes on a flight always has to listen to the flight safety, you know, even if you have a screen in front of you, there's no like hiding from it. It's like, you could plug in your phone, it doesn't matter, it's like gonna hack into your system, and you're going to hear the flight safety thing. How do I unbuckle the Like, if anybody has been in a car since 1950, knows how to use a buckle of the seatbelt, but yet they're always saying how to buckle a seatbelt. Oh, pull the lever, oh, no, that's how you open it, oh, I didn't know that. Right, I was born on Mars. But they constantly do that, and one of the things that they, and one of the things that they're always doing, if you ever realize, you know, in case of oxygen deprivation, there will be masks that will magically appear from the sky, right? And you have to go, and what do they always tell you? You have to put the masks on yourself first and then on your child. Why? Very, very simply, because if you're oxygen deprived, if you are lacking, then you cannot be helped to anybody else. But if you have a lawyer next to you, put it on the lawyer first. <laughs> so he doesn't sue you. <laughs> but the idea is, he says, the, um, the, the idea is, is that if you are lacking in low self-esteem, there's very little that you can do for other people. There's very little that you can boost their self-esteem. There's very little that you can do that. The main idea is your person has to work on themselves. And this is also the idea behind, you know, for example, Christianity or other things, they bring everybody in the religion. Bring, bring everybody in the religion. We're going to fix the world. Judaism doesn't bring everybody in the religion. In fact, we push people out. Uh, not, not the Jews out, but people that want to convert. We, they have to actually work really hard in order to just get converted. Because the idea of Judaism is fix yourself. Fix yourself. When you fix yourself, you fix the world. And obviously, you have to go and help other people, you know, be Makar of everybody, and that, you know, that is very important, but there's only so much a person could do if he himself doesn't keep the laws. How somebody go, doesn't keep Shabbat, go scream about somebody else that you don't keep Shabbat. You have to fix yourself, and then you go scream about other people saying that uh, they have to do what they need to do. Now, um, the, the, there is a Mishnah in Pirkei Avot. It says, Ezu muhubad ha-mechabed desabriyot. Who's an honored person? You think who's an honored person? Somebody who's able to push everybody down. So the Mishnah in Pirkei Avot says the opposite. You want to be honored, honor, honor other people. You want, to, you want people to think highly of you? You show others that you think highly of them. The more that, you, and people are afraid, but you're like, no, if I show honor to them, then it's going to make me look, you know, deficient or, or lacking. Just the opposite. The more that you go and you put yourself up in that, in that, uh, you know, in that situation, the greater and the more, more important than other people would see you. Now, this is something that, if you look at the presidential debates, which we're over now, but you look at a presidential debate, you look at these two people, that are fighting with each other, who is going to be the most powerful person in the world, they don't, 90%, or maybe I should say that, maybe 70% of their campaign is putting the other person down. So don't get hurt, she's a liar. Don't take him, he's obnoxious. Don't, back and forth, back and forth, da 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 Only bad thing about the other person. So how, how is this even like, speak about yourself, what are you going to do to change? Forget about the other person. But rather, they constantly put the other people down. They spend millions of dollars in campaigns and, and, and ads just to put the other person down. And you think people honor people like that? I mean, granted, they're going to get honored because of the president of the United States, whoever won. But the idea is, you look, you, you make yourself, you're seeping low. You're seeping low that you have to put other people down in order to raise yourself up. And the Mishnah Pekhavot says, you want to, you want to raise yourself up? Raise other people up. There was, uh, Reb Shalom Ber of Lubavitch. Once, uh, somebody, a chassid of his went over to him and he said, uh, he says, Rebbe, I don't understand. He says, how do you honor every single Jew? Like, there's some Jews that are worth nothing. That's what he, how do you honor them? So he says, uh, this person happened to be a diamond merchant. 
And so he goes, the rabbi goes over to him and says, listen, do you have some of your diamonds on with you? So he says, yeah, I just happen to have a packet on me. So he says, do you mind if I take a look at them? So yeah, sure. He opens up the nice velvet uh, packet and out rolls out a few diamonds. And there's one big diamond and there's a few small diamonds. The rabbi takes the big diamond and says, wow, this diamond is the most beautiful diamond out of all these. So he says, no, rabbi, with, with all due respect, he says, this diamond has to, it happens to be big, but it's flawed. The other ones are clearer, sharper, they're cleaner. Even though the, this is bigger, the other ones are worth a lot more. He says, no, oh, this one looks a lot more, more expensive to me. So yeah, you for an untrained eye, you you see that as more expensive. But for me, somebody who has been trained in this, in, you know, in this in this, uh, in this department, I can tell what's more, what's worth more, and what's worth less. So the rabbi goes over to him and says the same thing with me. He says, "I'm trained on souls." He says, "I can tell that every Jewish soul is worth so much." He says, "Other people, they might not look at it, but the more that you train yourself in, in Yiddishkeit in Judaism, the more you see that everybody's worth a million bucks, a billion bucks. Everyone's an infinite amount of money, infinite amount of uh, of worth that each person has. Now, if you know, it's 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 a very dangerous uh, um, you know idea when people start judging their success, their life success, when they base it off others. And this is very very uh, common, unfortunately, in in our day in society, is where they'll look at their you know their, their life and they'll compare it to their friends. He says, "Well, he has a house and I'm still renting, or he has kids and I don't have kids. He's single and I'm still uh, you know he's married. I'm sorry, and I'm still single. You know, you look at it and you be like, what did I accomplish? And look at it, look at what he or she and and uh, compared to what I did. And people." Actually, you know, bring themselves down that I'm worth nothing based on, look, look at that, what he did and, or she did and compared to others. Granted, you should always strive for more and you should always look at other people, look how much this guy's learning, let me, let me strive to, to do that as well. But at the same time, don't put it down as a depression, as something that brings you down on a low self-esteem. Think of it that you could also accomplish that. The problem is with that is, is, is that this is the day and age of social media. And since it's the day and age of social media, people are constantly looking at what everybody else's lives intimately, what's going on. People can tell, there's, apparently you can even tell like, if some, if a wife is upset or something like that, or a girl, I don't know how it works, you know, they could be in a relationship, out of a relationship, it's complicated, there's like so many different things apparently that I hear that people could, you know, why does the whole world need to know that your marriage is complicated? Can you explain that to me? Yeah, you know, even for non-Jews, let's say a non-Jew, they're a boyfriend and girlfriend, why does it need to know that it's complicated? No one cares, deal with your own situations, stop announcing it to the public, and people, I think they use this as a sort of therapy. Ah, such a tough day at work, guys. Some guy coming up, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. But it's very interesting because I, you know, I, I'll read something like that and I'll be like, "Wow, you know, what is so unfortunate?" It's like people, like this is where they, you know, this is how they, you know, how they feel. But then the surprising fact is they have like sixty-seven comments. Yeah, I feel the same way. People's a jerk, you know. What? You know, it, it's, you're 100% right. Misery loves God. You know, everybody, oh yeah, let's bash this guy. Everybody together. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the idea is, is that it's so problematic nowadays with this social media that people are constantly, constantly looking at what other people are doing and not even focusing about themselves. The, yeah, the idea is, is even, even if you get, give someone a chance. Let's say somebody's a very successful multi-billionaire, has a great life, great everything, and you, somebody asks you, <laughs> We're not, let's not go that far yet. You go over to some other person who is worth that, and uh, you, some, a genie comes up to you and he says, listen, if you want, I could switch you. I could switch you, you'll be in his shoes, he'll be in your shoes. Which means you'll be married to his wife, you'll have his kids, you'll have his and you'll have whatever you have. And you'll say, okay, look, you know, obviously, for sure, it's so much, it's so much a better life. But then they give you a list of all his problems versus all of your problems. And then you see, you know, even though he says he has a billion dollars, or he states that he has a billion dollars, but he has uh, this falling business and this thing, and then he has anxiety, and then he's nervous about his wife leaving him and cheating with somebody else, but he doesn't want to leave her, and he doesn't want to catch her because it's his father-in-law's money. So how is he going to... And one after another, you see all the issues. And you, after a while, I'd be like, you know what? I'll take my life, you know, just as much as, you know, let the other guy, and people go and they look at other people, they look at social media, they look at whatever else life is doing, and in essence, when they actually know the integrated details of that life, you'll be like, you know what, my life is not so bad. Everybody in this world has issues, unfortunately. We pray that our issues should be minor. We pray that our issues should go away. But at the same time, when you look at somebody else, don't think that that person doesn't have any issues. Everybody has things that they have to go through and they have to accomplish in this life. Now, the, the, the problem is, is when people going, and they're on social media nonstop, and they're looking and they're like, okay, this person, oh, you know, for women, for example, right? If a woman goes and posts a picture after she has a baby, what are people, wow, you lost the baby weight so fast. Look at how she did that, right? I, my last baby was 10 years ago and I still can't lose the weight. And, you know, they're, they're like constantly 
comparing themselves to everybody else. Somebody who compares, how can you be happy? How are you going to be happy with you constantly comparing to somebody else? This is something we spoke about also when, when guarding your eyes. The idea with guarding your eyes, if you, even if you, you marry the most beautiful woman in the entire world, if you don't guard your eyes, there's always going to be somebody more beautiful. Because it's going to be different. And different is, is what America wants. It always wants change. No one, nothing is ever good enough. We're always looking for change, updates, increases, which is what the, happens to be what the economy runs on. Because imagine if people would just stick with things that work, we would still be driving cars from 15 years ago, using cell phones from five years ago. You know, we're in close to that, but we're constantly, constantly updating. We're constantly changing. We're constantly, you know, keeping up with Jones. Yeah, well, they have that shabbat shows for 20 years. They don't break. You just call to the shoemaker. Yeah. Fix it up again. Yeah. 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 The, um, the idea is that we base a lot off, off, off other people. And I want to try, I want to sh- share with you this experiment. We'll finish with this experiment. And we'll see how it goes. We have to split uh, the group into two, because we have to, in order for it to work. The, the way that this experiment is going to go, and I'm trying to let the camera o- also see it, is I am going to show one group, one picture. I'm going to show another group, another picture, without the other group. And then I'm going to show you a third picture. But this third picture... Um, we're, we'll, we'll do that. So let's split it up into, um, you know, whatever. Just pick a random. Let's say here, you, you, for, you, you, you guys over here is one, and you is another one. Okay. okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to show you this, and I want you to um, to concentrate on this. Okay. Concentrate on this picture. You guys don't look at this picture. Okay. Close your eyes. All right. Ready? So close your eyes. Concentrate on this picture. I, I have to put it over here so they can see. Concentrate on it. You see it? You focus on it. Concentrate for about ten seconds. Think about what you see. Think about what it is. Think about what it means to you. Good? Okay. Now you guys close your eyes. Now you guys open your eyes. And you guys concentrate on this picture. Okay? Look at it. See what it represents. See what it is. Think about it. Think about what it means in your life. Good? 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 Okay. Now I'm going to show you a third picture. And don't say anything yet, but I want you to tell me what you see in a few seconds. I want you to first concentrate. Right? Okay? Let's see if this works. You see it? You see the picture? Okay. Now, without you guys saying anything, the first group, what do you guys see? An old lady. What do you guys see? Young lady. A young lady. What do you guys see? Old lady. What do you guys see? Young lady. Do you guys see an old lady? No. Do you guys see a young lady? No. Okay. Now, let me show you. You see an old lady. What happens when I do something like this? This is her eyes. This is her nose. This is her hair. What do you see now? Do you still see, you still see it? You don't see you don't see you don't see. Here, look, I have to show it to you. It's hard for me to do it with holding it up. That's her hair. This is her hair. Yeah. You see this? This doesn't look like a young woman to you. Now it looks like a young woman to you. Yeah, they're facing the wrong way. Now you guys, let me show you the old lady. You see, this is her mouth. This is her nose. This is her eyes. You see the old lady now? Now you see the old lady. Now what did I, what was, yeah, okay, I'll show it to you afterwards. Okay, concentrate on this. Now let me explain so we don't uh, take too much time on this. What was the idea of what I just did? What I just did was, uh, basically, is I showed you guys a picture of an old lady first. And you guys saw the old lady. I showed you guys a picture of a young lady. And you saw the young lady. What I did was, is basically, tell you, basically, project on what I want you to see. This is very important how media works. The media projects what you want to see. The media does things that they want you to show you what they want you to show. So what, this is what I scream nonstop about all these TVs the movies and the shows and the social media and the, the, the woman that constantly looking at these glo- glorious magazines of these, of these supermodels that, that after they're photoshopped and after their $10,000 worth of makeup they put on there and they compare themselves to them. They look at that, they look at them, they see an old lady. But what happens if you don't do that? You just look at yourself, you'll see the beautiful young woman or you know, handsome young man or whatever it is the issue is. This is the problem with the media. The media projects everything they want to do. Just look at the look at the the, the, the the presidential race. Presidential race, it's no secret that all media wanted Hillary to win. They wanted Hillary to win and they hated Trump and they bashed him nonstop and they presented it in such a way that's nonstop, he's bad and she's good, because they know their power. They know that they have the power to influence the entire, the, the entire, most humans can get very influenced by, by, uh, by, uh, by media. You go there, you see, go out like in the, in like in a hood, you know, movie theater, and you watch as people go out and they're watching like this kung fu movie, watch them do kung fu nonstop to each other. 
right? They, 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 they could be, it could be, it could be some guy who's 750 pounds, right? Who's eating chicken nuggets. Somehow he snuck it into the movie theater, put, ate it from his stomach, and then he's sitting over there afterwards, and he is, you know, he is, he, you know, he's athletic as can be. He's, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme. He's whatever, whatever's up in that, you know, I'm talking about from, from uh, years back. But whatever it is nowadays that, that, that are so, uh, you know, in, you know, into these things. You look at that, and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm worth nothing. If you constantly look at what the media is projecting to you, the media is nonstop putting you down. Oh, you're not a multimillionaire? You don't drive a Ferrari, a Lamborghini, or a Bugatti? says, what are you worth? You know what? Come on. This is what you do. There's certain people that have to, when they go on vacation, they have to lease, they have to, I'm sorry, rent the most expensive cars. They'll spend $500, $250 a day on a Corvette. Why do they need a Corvette? Why? Why? Come on. At least I'm worth something over here. You know, nobody knows what I'm worth. But the problem is, is when... Yeah, so for enjoyment, fine. I'm not saying for enjoyment. I'm saying when when its idea is when you're circling Times Square ten times, you know, with your with your mufflers that wake up the dead, you know. So then it's a big then it, then it's not you're not looking for parking anymore. You're not enjoying it. It's everybody else is enjoying it for you. But the idea but the idea is 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 the same. It says we project everything and we we're looking at the entire world and we try to and which we think that's going to help our self esteem. You're going to sit and you're going to watch a romantic comedy, thinking that you're going to feel happy afterwards. Just the opposite. You're going to feel even more depressed. They're like, look how great and funny they are. Says, what do you do? And she goes, oh, yeah, what do you, you never take me out? You know, it just brings people down and down and down again. You want to get self-esteem, stay away from every, stay away from what you look at everybody else. Just focus on yourself. When you focus on yourself, when you look at yourself, you'll be able to grow on yourself. And you're not going to compare yourself to other people. Rather, you're going to compare it to your own worth. And with that power, you'll be able to actually gain so much of a high, of a high self-worth that you're able to serve HaKadosh Baruch with complete happiness, complete Yirat and complete uh, faith in everything that you do. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.